Welcome to the Professional Technical Interviewee. I'm Taylor Dorsett. In my six-year career in technical recruiting, I realized that just about every company does technical interviews differently. Many very good senior engineers do not do well in technical interviews, despite being great developers. The only way to get better at interviewing is to practice. Many early career engineers don't really know what a technical interview is like until they're in their first one. Our goal here is to change that and shed some light on the technical interview. My guest today is Alex Behrens. He's a Chicago-based director of data at Built-In. We talk about technical interviews, we work through a technical problem together and learn a little bit about his side business, Roasting Coffee. Hope you enjoy. Hello, Alex. Hey, Taylor. How's it going? Good. Uh, this uh, is Alex uh, Behrens. He is the Director of Data Engineering at Built-In here in Chicago. Um, he's a busy man because he also is the owner of Maple Leaf Coffee Roasters, uh, which I've been a, a fan of for the last few years. Loyal, I assume, loyal customer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> loyal customer. And I assume you're drinking that today. I am, yes. Unfortunately, um, I don't always drink the most exotic uh, latest thing from the shop. I drink a lot of the leftovers or stuff that I didn't want to sell. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't always drink the best of my own, but when I do, I do appreciate it. So. Oh, great. Well, um, Alex, I know we've known each other for a couple of years, but um, I have uh, been working through you know this podcast with the idea of bringing um, information about technical interviewing to people um, who yeah. either one haven't done a ton of that or two you know maybe this is um, just a skill that they want to work on right uh, and I think the thing that I noticed through my career in recruiting is that every company does technical interviews in a different way and sometimes even within the company different individuals do them in different ways and often the only way to get better at them is kind of through exposure and practice right uh, sure. yeah. so uh could you just um just give a little background um about yourself and kind of your, your current role and team yeah absolutely so um let's see i'm in uh, probably about the 16th year of my career at this point uh, give or take. Um, I've uh, had pretty diverse background in terms of the types of industries that I've worked in, uh, the kinds of roles I've, I've had. Um, it's, it's really been a very wide span for me, but there has been one common thread throughout almost everything that I've done, which is there's been some data centricity to the kinds of work that I've done, um, whether it's been troubleshooting or working around data or leveraging some sort of big data technology um, and every role I've had, whether it's been doing um, more SRE DevOps kind of work or front end or back end uh, software engineering, um, there's there's always been that common thread of, of uh, data being a common um, underlying piece. So when I was looking for uh, a job earlier this year, um, uh, around uh, March, and you know for obvious reasons, um, there was uh, a, a role that came up at a company um, that. Um, Actually, it turned out I knew some people at, which is uh, built in, um, and they were looking for somebody to help um, take the data efforts of the organization from something that was sort of an afterthought into like a first class citizen, um, as you know, other engineers would, would uh, refer to it. Um, so they were really at an earlier stage of their maturity level with data, um, very much looking for somebody with experience and background. Um, and I, I have a, another, you know, interesting set of experiences in, in the workspace in that I've worked in big and small places 
Uh, so I've seen, you know, organizations go from different sizes uh, and different maturity levels in the way that they not only structure their teams, but also the way that they think about using information uh, and leveraging that to um, better understand uh, their users and offer uh, exotic features to clients and things. So it's been a really interesting role for me. And whenever you, of course, work in a small place, your, your role only says so much, your, your job description only says so much about your role. And um, these days, uh, right next to the CTO, I'm the most senior uh, technical uh, resource on the team. So I spend a lot of time uh, helping out with other teams, uh, doing what would be more uh, similar to platform engineering as well, in addition mm -hmm. to the data engineering efforts. Nice. Fantastic. Um, I, I know I usually my, my second question is if you've done any technical interviews recently or, you know, mm -hmm. externally or for your team. But I know, like you said, you joined built in this year. Um, I'm always curious, though, at, you know, once you get later in um, your career, sometimes the technicals are, you know, maybe you're not whiteboarding anymore, you know, coding on screen. Sometimes it's more conceptual if there's a technical portion at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I mean, the, the role drives so much of, um, no matter the company, the, the role you're applying for uh, drives a lot about the way that, that, that you'll be um, you'll be interviewed. Obviously, um, the very easy dividing line is between individual contributors and people managers. Although even sometimes companies um, that have people management roles expect a certain level of competency around being able to write uh, software and code and understanding the principles of, of software for engineering, um, you know, there's there's uh, there's definitely a very stark divide in those two um, types of roles. But I think from what I've experienced, um, once you you've chosen one or the other, the the breakdowns are, are fairly nuanced. Um, if you are applying for an individual contributor roles, the differences will come based on the level that you're applying for. If it's a staff or entry or senior, or if it's a principal engineer position, and there's there's sort of a weird um, trade-off too that happens once you get to like a principal level, principal engineer level, and that you will be probably doing as much of a soft skill interview as you will a technical skill interview. Sure. So you may still have some sort of code challenge or whiteboarding session or things like that. But even those questions may be more conceptual and they'll be less like, let me just see that you can solve this uh, algorithmic uh, sorting problem with a couple lines of code. Um, so it's, it's very, it's very curious, the contrast that, that you start to see different levels, even within the individual contributor space. Um, and it, it's a, it stands in stark contrast to people managers skills where they more ask about your, um, you know, ability to seek common ground and to, uh, you know, manage multiple teams and, and disparate efforts and product goals and things like that. So obviously that's a very stark contrast between those two sides, but even within, once you break them down, it's very different, different levels. Yeah. Have you uh, have you built a team or brought people on board um, since you you've joined Built-in? I have yes. Um, so we have brought one new person on um, my team right now, and I've been part of interviews for a decent number of folks for other teams as well. Um, and uh, that's um, also come with the uh, need to at least for for my team to um, design the interview process not from scratch necessarily, but um, I think one of the, the, the greatest ways for a team to, to bond is to think about what skills do we have now, what skills do we want to find, um, how will we find them in a way that actually gets us an answer that we'd like, and how do we design an interview process um, that not only tells us what we need to know uh, to be able to say whether this person will, will be a good fit, 
um, but also be something that these the people on the team would themselves want to be interviewed with. Um, so we, we've, you know, as every engineer has had, um, we have different experiences with, with interviews in, in the past. Um, so one of the marks of pride that I have on, on my team is that we, we did take a very conscious effort and are, you know, adjusting our interview process quite a lot from time to time to uh, make it so that when we don't get something out of a certain process in, the, in a for a current candidate, we change it to try to get something better the next time. Yeah, interesting. That That's an interesting, I, I think a very probably helpful perspective as well as like a, building an interview process that you would actually want to go through, right? Exactly, um, yeah. I've, I had a couple of clients in the past who, I think to, to very different effects of maybe to, to different results, um, would have their senior engineers go through their own process, right? And I think that mm -hmm. was eye-opening mm -hmm. for a lot of, one, the interviewers, um, but two, just the company as a whole going, oh, I don't even know if we would, you know, rehire some people who are great on our team if they went through our process again. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is interesting. Well, that speaks to the to the fundamental problem that that interviewing is a glimpse, right? It's it's very much a small, relatively small snapshot, especially if you expect somebody to be on your staff or your team for in excess of a year. Yeah. Um, you know, this you could go multiple days, multiple sessions, things like that. But there's always a time cost that you're asking people to spend time with you, so that you can evaluate who they are and make sure they're going to fit. So you want to be as fair as possible um, in, in an interview process because it's, you know, somebody's giving you their time and that's not free, right? They're having to change their own schedule or accommodate uh, your needs depending on, um, you know, if it's coming to an office or, or setting aside a, a remote um, interview time. Um, so it's really important to be thoughtful about it because that does give a, an impression to the person that you're interviewing. Um, and you, you really do need to make the most of that time. Um, and, and if you don't, then you're, you're just, it's a, it's a waste of time for everyone involved. They could be at their coffee shop, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do you have a, a standardized system? You, you, you talked about, um, you know, you had to build this, uh, your interview system this year, right? Um, yeah. I guess one, you know, feel free to share as much as you, you'd like to um, about it, but two, how do you go through that process? I mean, are there things you're looking for in particular? Like we need, you know, X, Y, and Z skill set, or is it more um, kind of ability to learn or technical know-how? I guess, what does that process look like? Yeah, um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I think it's important, uh, no matter the, the team that you're on, uh, it's important for every member of the team to have um, the option and not the obligation to participate in an interview. Um, so the, the thing that I look for in teams, but also in interviews uh, are sort of a, a very similar uh, element, which is a complementary skill set, something that mm. um, you can balance the, the good and bad or the, the strengths and weaknesses of people off each other. And that applies towards interviews as well. So I have certain things that I look for in interviews, which um, it's been a long time since I've really uh, felt compelled or like I was in the best position to be a person that would rate the very specific technical abilities of an individual. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really rely on a couple of members of my team to take the lead on that. And I trust their, their, their judgment because I know the quality of the work that they do and uh, the way that they think about quality software engineering. Um, but you know, I also try to, to, to poke some holes in some of their positions or arguments about a candidate if they do bring up something that I disagree with or in some way I think it's unfair. But really, I, I do rely on people um, 
to, to, to do different parts of the interview for me and to bring different considerations to the table about a potential candidate. Um, so for me, what I'm always been looking for probably in the second half of my career is more about potential for people that aren't providing, like applying towards a principal level engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's anybody that if you're, you're finding for a, a lower management position or any individual contributorship position, it's this combination of what could this person potentially do um, to complement the skill sets uh, on the team? What are we missing right now that we, we need to find? And then um, where where could this person grow over six months, over a year, over two years? And that's a very hard thing to rate, right? Like sure. you, you have zero certainty and potential. It is in some respects a gut feeling, but it also is, is in some respects a, a lot of questions that I try to ask about. What do you like? What don't you like? And it's not uh, could you please take a shit on your former employer or your current job? But every every person that you're interviewing should, uh, at least that I've ever interviewed, I, I respect people who, who have answers about things that they don't like. If I ask them about a programming language to, to criticize it, even if it's one that I really, really love because nothing is perfect. And yeah. um, that's, that's how I try to pull some of those answers out of people to try to get a sense of like, where have you grown in the course of your career? Um, and even if you're just applying for an entry-level position, um, that's definitely still an answer, a question you can answer. It doesn't, you don't have to have had 10 years experience, five years experience, any number of years to be able to say that you've, you've grown in some way as a, as an engineer, as a human being, as a coworker, as a colleague in some ways. Um, and that's, that's the kind of stuff that I really like to, to dig into because I, I want to learn from those, those people, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's where I, I like to find people on the team for my own, like narcissism that can make me a better manager and a better engineer. And um, if I can find folks that, that have grown, that have potential, uh, hopefully something greater than my own, you know, I can really learn from them too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you really value that, that team fit, which is something that, um, you know, I've had lots of uh, clients in the past that, that really cared about that and some who didn't, right. As long mm-hmm, as you pass mm-hmm. their technical, you're going to get an offer. And, you know, some places said, yeah, I have places say, this is the best developer we've talked to this year, but they don't fit with our team. Right. So, so it doesn't yeah. make sense, uh, which are two very different viewpoints. Um, but it also sounded like you touched on, you know, people that have an opinion, but also are willing to kind of bring themselves to the interview to some extent, because I think in the long run, you end up getting to know the people you're working with. Right. Um, it's course, really, yeah difficult sometimes to get that in the interview process but um, I hear more and more people say like one you should be yourself at work but two bring yourself to those interviews because Mm -hmm. if you're kind of shielding some of that or maybe afraid to you know bring that to the interview then um, you might not actually get to know the people all that well during the interview process that it might not be a good fit for you right once you actually get there yeah absolutely and I mean interviews are such a um, as I was saying, it, it's a, it's a small glimpse into some, who somebody is, you know, um, and it's not everyone interviews well. Uh, and I, I'm a person that, um, when, when you're asking technical questions, uh, if you ask me to do a programming assignment kind of thing, like I have historically done very poorly at those, um, because I, I, um, I enjoy working with other people. I enjoy being a, someone that, that maybe sometimes spent some time looking at, uh, code on my own and thinking about problems, but then uh, I really rely on the opinion and feedback of others. And of course, when you're interviewing, um, a lot of times you're, you're answering questions about yourself. It's like dating, right? Like you, you, you don't really get a good impression of somebody, maybe sometimes the first, first hello or first uh, introduction 
Um, and a lot of times having a good interview process isn't so much about just asking good questions and, um, you know, making sure that you, you as the interviewer show up, but also in trying to, you know, as, as a management sort of vibes go, like making the conditions for the person that you're interviewing to be successful at that interview, even if you end up not hiring them. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's sometimes about knowing who you're talking to because everyone, everyone's style is different. Right. Um, and it's just because someone is a wizard at, at solving a programming problem doesn't mean to be a good fit just because somebody came up with a clumsy answer. You got to talk it, talk to them about it. You got to dig in, you got to, you know, let them explore and expand on it and be open to, um, you know, that, that, that kind of thing is maybe not everyone's vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned, you know, not as many, um, take-home exercises or, or technicals during this process, um, this recent job search process. But in the past, you said you didn't feel like you, you did terribly well in technical interviews. Yeah, um, I think white whiteboarding exercises were things that I would do pretty well at. Um, but take-home assignment, programming kind of assignment things were things that I was never, I could do them. I never felt comfortable doing them. Um, and I, I think it. Um, I think for me, I would get a lot of times caught up in, uh, I have a way that I would, would write this code, but I don't know if it's going to be satisfactory because every company's standards and expectations are different. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that's maybe like a short way of saying, I, I'd make a better architect than an engineer sometimes because I can draw boxes and arrows and tell you about you know how things scale and, and uh, how they might be deployed and so on and so forth. Um, but if you ask me to sit down and come up with, um, you know, a heavily optimized uh, sorting algorithm for, for something, uh, I'd probably suck pretty hard at it. Um, and it's not because I, I, I'm a bad engineer, but it's just that my, my brain applies to those problems differently than other people do. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's just never been a strong suit for me. And we do do a, a, a take home technical interview at built in right now, at least for the data team. Um, but we try to be very explicit about the outlines and the expectations for it, that it isn't about how you write code or how you solve or, or what the problem solution is necessarily, but it's more a way to see how do you solve the problem? How do you solve the problem that we face a lot of times in our team? Um, and we we have a 45 minute, it's usually gets to about an hour. Uh, we have a discussion with people where we ask them to talk about the solution. You know, we ask them to talk about what's scale and you know how you would, would take it what they thought of the problem um, so we, we try to be very explicit that it's not about how you write code it's about how you solve problems and mm -hmm. you know it's not um, there is no there is no known way to solve this problem there are many ways to do it and all of them are correct yeah I I really like that that mindset of um, it's a problem that you actually have day to day right yeah. um, at work I think that's you know, potentially difficult for people if they haven't run into something like that, but incredibly relevant for the actual job, right? Versus yeah. reversing a binary tree where, you know, are you ever actually going to do that? Right? No, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have a system um, in the past when, you know, if you were doing a, a whiteboarding exercise or like a live coding exercise to try to break down the problem? Uh, for me personally? Um, yeah, the whiteboarding exercises were always a little bit easier for me. Um, usually, if I if I'm going to try to break down uh, or or start to to solve quote unquote the problem um, mm -hmm. in an interview process, I'll probably start by asking more clarification questions. Um, you know, sometimes people put a 
a problem to you or ask you to, you know, document, not document, but to draw out a solution to something. Um, and depending on who the interviewer is, uh, they may or may not have a really good uh, way of expressing or asking the question. So you want to kind of dig a little bit more, right? Like if they're, they're saying, you know, we have a, a system that shows statistics or information, you know, what kind of system, you know, how would you design the system and say, okay, well, what's the requirements? Uh, tell me what technologies you have on hand. If you don't have specific answers to these questions or you don't care about them, then I will spend less time talking about specific implementations, but more abstract ideas about like a messaging bus instead of Kafka or Kinesis. Um, I won't talk about like a database technology type. I won't say like document versus relational, but I'll just start out with like, you need a place to store stuff. Today it could be this, tomorrow it could be that. Um, so you really want to first explore, at least this is the way that I've also handled these, um, explore a little bit more about what the question is so that you, you really start from a position of like, I'm trying to answer what it is that you're asking. Um, and part of that is like, it's really this idea that um, sometimes people will be uh, uh, considerate and in not interrupting you if you start to answer a question in a way that they don't, don't want you to. So you want to make sure first before you, you start to go down a path as uh, sometimes if you put a, a whiteboard marker in my hand and let me start drawing on a board, uh, it'll be a little bit tough to interrupt me. Um, like you'll, you'll wanna make sure that you're going to answer in the way that they're looking for, not, not that you wanna be right or wrong, but that you're, you're actually getting to the root of the problem and making sure that you understand it. Um, so I'll spend a, a little bit of time getting, getting to there. Um, and then once I kind of have that pinned down a little bit, um, you know, I'll start to talk about like, things and phases, right? And this is the, the natural part of software engineering that we all know that whatever you, whatever code you write today, whatever system you design, it's very unlikely that it will stay that way uh, permanently. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you can talk about why you, uh, and this is something I've done a lot, you know, why I would, would put it together this way first, but a lot of times that it's, it's that way just to, if it's a proof of concept that we're getting something pushed out the door, but then I'll talk about, you know, where, where the system would grow, where it would, would fail, uh, what parts will work for the short term, what parts won't work for the long term. Um, and then, you know, that that starts to kind of show a little bit that you're, you're thinking about the, the problem on a bigger scale on a longer time frame than maybe they, they originally intended. Um, and so that's that's usually where, where um, I'll go with things. Um, you know, and very rarely have I ever been in parts of interviews where they'll, they'll start talking about a specific technology type, but um, you know, this is the part where if you do dig into a tech, a specific technology or a framework or a system, you got to be honest, right? You got to say, I think it works this way. I don't have a ton of experience with it. Or you, know, you just can't make up stuff about like how a certain framework works and, and say uh, that you for sure know it that way. Um, you know, you, you have to just make sure that you, you express what the, the depth to which you know something before you, uh, you go too far with it too. Yeah, I think that's really, really easy to get caught saying, Oh yeah. rather than saying, I'm not that familiar, um, here's my understanding, or I don't know. It's really easy to go, oh, I would do this, this, and this. And, you know, there's an engineer sitting on the other side of the table going, I don't know what this person's talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a lot of people's natural, you know, inclination is it like, is, oh, is, yeah. I'll improvise around it. And, you know, it, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, do you have, um, I mean, those, those are certainly helpful. Any other kind of tips or advice for people that are going into technical interviews um, or things to, to keep in mind? 
Yeah, um, you know, I didn't really answer the, the question about uh, the uh, take-home assignment or actual co-writing part of it. Um, you know, as, as I touched on, for me, those have always been a little bit tough. Um, and But it, I, I try to start off with those with the same mindset that I do with um, uh, with the, the kind of whiteboarding exercises, which is someone gives you a, a, a problem, they describe it, hopefully they document it or describe it in a way that's really easy to unpack. Um, oftentimes that's hard, you know, the, the, the a programming assignment can be sort of a Rorschach test uh, that the description can sometimes be a bit tough to um, to understand uh, in, in the way that you think. So it's, it's important to sort of ask. I mean, I think there's, there's some assumptions that you should always make about take-home assignments that are fairly safe. Like someone may not tell you that they expect you to write tests, but you better darn well write tests, right? Like don't not write tests because they didn't explicitly say we expect to see tests. That is um, going to be one of the number one reasons yeah. people didn't get moved through from just a, a, um, a recruiter perspective that I've seen over the years is like people saying, you know, it was fine, but they didn't have any tests and we do test driven development here. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think even if you, you're not applying for a role that, that the organization has a TGD kind of uh, approach, like you still got to put something in there, you know, it, and it's, that's like one of those basics that is just left unsaid that you, if you don't have it, you're going to be in a world of, of, uh, of, of, of hurt. If you, um, if you want to keep going in that process. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, pay, pay close attention to specifics if they, they put them down. Um, if they don't put down specifics, you know, solve it in whatever way you want, but, you know, put in comments, put in documentation, put in anywhere that, um, you know, why you did it this way, uh, you know, spend five minutes before you're ready to hit commit on that and say, you know, I did it this way, but I know it won't work for these reasons and just document that if our process, our system and those systems I've always liked to see are the one that while they may ask you for an answer, they will also ask you to explain it and they will talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. So they'll give you a chance to unpack what it is that you submitted and not just like throw it over a wall and you have no idea what people thought of it. Um, if there are many companies that, that don't have that kind of engagement and I think it's sort of a, it misses something that could be said um, so I'm not a huge fan of, of not having that conversation about a programming assignment, but in, in companies that do do that, they really do need to zero in on, on asking specifics about a, on a submission. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you give any different advice or any additional advice for someone's early career? Um, well, that's tough. Um, you know, early, early career interviews are incredibly hard. Um, Maybe it's just become been because it's been so long since I've been in an early career. Um, so I I feel like um, you have to, as an interviewer, um, you have to know where somebody is at the stage of their career, right? And be critical of the things that are appropriate for where they are. Mm. So it's it's not it's not so much that um, you should judge every code submission equally. Um, you should judge it in the context of an individual uh, that is coming in and, and for the not only the, the title and the position and the level that they're coming in at, but where they are, what their background is, if they are somebody who's had a couple of years experience. Um, and we see this a lot in the, the data side uh, at Built-in. You know, we'll get folks that um, uh, have had data engineer titles, but they'll have two different, completely different skill sets. 
Mm. And you see sometimes in their, their code submissions a reflection of those different skill sets, even though they had the exact same title. And so you can sort of explain a little bit as to why a solution was put together in a certain way by virtue only of like the experience they've had in their current or previous role. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times for, for someone kind of first getting into it, you know, uh, aside from the make sure you write tests uh, observation, um, you know, you, you want to try to take something that you know or, or that you're, you've done well yourself in terms of your own code writing, either in, in school or on your own or seen from other people. And I don't say reproduce it, but do your best to live up to the to, to things that you've seen before um, and hope that the organization that you're applying to is one that, that will uh, look at your submission in a way that is within context and isn't mm -hmm. like expecting you to submit senior level code to an entry level solution. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, great. Well, you know, before we move on to the interview portion of the podcast, uh, do you have any personal technical interview horror stories you're willing to share? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not on the technical side. Um, I've, I've had the experience at least once in my career with um, with technical inter with with interviews in general, and actually, where um, maybe it's happened more than once. Um, I feel like interviews need to be one of those things that a company coordinates and collaborates around. Um, sure. I've always been a fan, uh, and I, I I sort of stole a lot of this process from uh, somebody that I work with for many years, and and has become a, a very good personal friend. That before you go into the interview process, you get together everyone that is. Uh, going to take part in it you talk about the, who the candidate is what your experience is in talking with them already if if you had uh, spoken with them um, and then you you make sure that the questions that each session is going to ask won't overlap not because they won't overlap because you don't want to um you know you don't want to ask the same question but because you want to again respect the person's time not feel like they don't know who this person is or what job they're applying to or, or just it just sucks, right? Like I, I've been parts of interviews and it hasn't happened too many times, but you know, I don't know how many times during the course of a, a three to four hour interview session and I want to at, like answer the, so tell me about who you are or tell me about your current role or whatever, right? Like you can summarize that up in a Google doc that you share before the interview process. Yeah. Um, you should not ask the same question multiple times. Um, and if you ask the same question, multiple times and that sort of shows that like the company you're in doesn't really value the interview process all that well. So I've hated it when that happens. And I, I've had this experience, it was maybe about 10 years ago at this point where um, I was probably, you know, my, my mid to early twenties when I was a little bit less, um, uh, a little bit less uh, diplomatic in, in, in some of my, my feedback loops that um, I, I had several couple hour long phone calls for a position and then they had one more phone call follow up with me where they were they were like starting from scratch all over again. <laughs> and the person asked like, so, you know, all the, all the basic first first round interview questions that I had spent you know two plus hours answering over different dates phone calls. And I just I I opened up to the fellow that actually I remember this very clearly that said you know I I appreciate your time. I I feel bad you know that that I, I have to do this, but I'm just like I I'm, I'm not interested in continuing this because I I just don't feel like you guys got this. I don't remember. I didn't say it that way. I said it more of a early twenties, Alex jerky fashion. <laughs> um, 
So it was not nearly as, as nice sounding as what I just made it, but uh, I was not happy about it. And I just like, this is not a job for me. Um, and I'm glad I made that conclusion. Sure. As someone who one did a lot of sales interviews and interviewed at a lot of places, as a recruiter, I would, I don't know if there's anyone less prepared for interviews than salespeople who are like walking off a call into the interview as someone hands them a resume and then they go, all yeah. right, who are you? Right. And I, I think I'm really good at giving that 30 second sound bite of like, here's my background. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely frustrating. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, do you want to grab more coffee? Um, before we how, did you, how did you know? Yes. And this will be the only <laughs> break I take. Cool. All right. Great. See you, right, see you in five. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app at the Professional Technical Interviewee. I want to thank my guest and my wonderful editor and producer, Dustin Bays. If you're interested in sharing your technical interview advice and being on the show, please reach out at dorsettaylordev at gmail.com. As a reminder, this interview has two parts. You can find the second half, which is the live technical interview, on YouTube at the Professional Technical Interviewee. The link will be in the show notes. Until next time, keep practicing.